Hello, 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 and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Brazil. I got my man Cian Najat here with me, and we are joined once again by the living legend, the incredible E-Tip11. Think your name's Eric, but honestly, I have zero idea because I just call you by your Twitter name, Tipton. How you doing today, man? Great, guys. Appreciate the uh, the second round here. Happy to do it. Looking we forward had to it. Blast the first time, so you know what? Let's run it back. See, ya, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I'm I'm just still like so elated that this football season is going through all of its motions. So let's talk sports for the next hour, hour and a half. I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a longer one. There are no buys again, which more time I get to spend with Sia, the better. So I don't really mind that. And uh, we're going to be going through game by game, doing our thing. We have a Thursday night game. We have two. Saturday night games, which kind of pissed me off, honestly. Like, I love college football. Just let me watch the conference championship games. Just let me do that. But whatever, Roger Goodell, you got me by the balls. There's nothing I can do about it. And we are obviously then going to be talking about the Sunday slate as well as the Monday game. Um, some injury news, especially uh, with my Giants. So we'll get to that. I'm curious how you guys feel about it. A couple fishy lines out there. A couple fishy lines. So I'm curious how we'll do it. But we will get to it as we always do. Let's start with this Thursday night game. We have the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Lined opened at minus three and a half to the home Raiders. It's now down to minus three with not really any insane amount of betting coming in. So I'm kind of curious why it went down a little bit. One thing I will say, over under started at 55. I know Tipton, you don't take those, but information is still key with 66% of the money, two-thirds of the money coming in on the over. That number has now dipped down to 53. So a little reverse line movement. Tipton, you're the guest. How do you like this game? Thursday night. I know you're betting it. You have to. If you're betting live Kansas State games on Tuesdays, <laughs> I'm confident you're, you're putting a couple bucks on this Thursday night game. Talk to me, man. Yeah, and don't bet totals. Right? Yes. I, I, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry. I didn't give you the quotes. My bad. My bad. Uh, I wish I could do what I say more often, but um, – yeah, man. Uh, Raiders giving up 44 to the Colts. Um, I guess the biggest news in this game is Gunther being let go and being replaced with Marinelli. I assume he's on the staff anyway, so I assume he comes in and just tries to simplify things a little bit. Um, 200 rush yards to Taylor and Hines combined. Um, Chargers a hair from being 0-3 their last three uh, themselves. Um, this is what I kind of like to I liken to the old baseball game effect. This is going to be the second time around the lineup for division foes uh, against Herbert. So he's getting ready to run a uh, three straight division game gauntlet there where it'll be all their, their second chance at seeing him. Raiders O-line should get a little healthy. Um, so I think that they'll probably uh, get locked down on the outside, but I'd look for Jacobs and Waller to go off a little bit. It seems like one of those begging you to bet scenarios with with the Chargers grabbing three, and especially if it's if it's three and a hook. Um, I, I'm likely going to be on the Raiders, especially if uh, all the numbers continue to do what they're doing. Um, if I have to, I'll buy it down to three. But um, I, I like a cheeky play on the Raiders lane three here. Love it, love it. See, how about you? Um, we get the Anthony Lynn bowl. We we get the Anthony Lynn takes out of the way quick. Three and a half minutes into the show. Um, talk to me. How much I mean, do you love the Chargers this week on the road, getting points? I know you're going to take them. 
You're a sucker, see it? Come on. For those of you listening or watching that aren't familiar with me and this specific show, I basically have an Anthony Lynn rant every week. I mean, it's a long-standing Anthony Lynn rant. At least Um, like three or four weeks, like solid in a row. There's always been like rumblings, but a legitimate one-minute clip that I've gotten from the last few shows. So I'm excited for this one. Well, it's funny because last week, you know, we always make fun of him and how he loses games for his team. But usually the evidence of that is circumstantial. Like we see them kind of do something dumb at the end of the game or just, you know, the, the game plan in the fourth quarter is terrible and a team comes back and, and beats them. We actually saw direct evidence of pathetic coaching this time, like actual direct where you could like literally point and be like that guy on the sideline, like actively screwed up that play. And so when they were trying to get to the half and – trying to run the ball and then get the field goal team. But like nobody knew that the field goal team was coming on the field. It was completely absurd. This line is is really interesting to me because I agree that it feels like they're begging you to take the Chargers here. I mean, the Chargers have arguably the better talent. Um, the Raiders have looked really bad the last couple of weeks. Their secondary is all kinds of banged up. So, you know, I, I know the, the Chargers receivers are banged up too, but the Raiders back end really scares me here, but I, I can't do it. I can't bet on Anthony Lynn. So I'm going to lay the points and take the Raiders. And I think, I think that's like, it's so confusing, right? We watched the chargers at least play a competitive, albeit not very competent game against the Falcons. It was funny. Those teams deserve each other. Like, let's just be honest. Those teams deserve each other in that type of game. It was absolutely fantastic. I'm here for all of it. And the Raiders just get shellacked. Like, have you ever heard of a team having like a really great loss, like a true statement loss, like to the Chiefs, and then they just come out and lay leg after lay an egg after an egg after an egg? They should have three, four losses in a row. Uh, obviously, Greg Williams had something to say about that. But here we are. The Raiders went from see us top three team to now probably not going to make the playoffs, honestly. Um, top three in the AFC. So we'll, we'll right. give you that caveat. Don't worry. But mm-hmm. it's, it's just crazy to me. It's crazy to me. I don't want to touch this game. Uh, it's Thursday night, so I probably will. Hopefully we'll just put some prop bets in because those are a little bit more. Those are easier. Those are easier, especially after the bad beat we had on Monday. My goodness. But, you know, it is what it is. So we'll see what happens there. Um one no. thing I want to one thing I want to point out is it looks like Ruggs is out. So oh, no. Nelson Aguilar has been getting a ton of targets, mm-hmm. um, really this entire season, but especially the last few games. He doesn't have the most favorable matchup. I, I think Casey Hayward's probably going to be shadowing him. So, I mean, just from a DFS showdown standpoint, I'd probably still play Aguilar, but he, other other guys are going to have to step up here um, to for the Raiders' offense to move aside from Waller. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really know what to think about Jacobs at this point. He's been really bad lately as well but yeah. yeah i agree with tipton they're gonna they're gonna establish the run and they're gonna dish it to waller i, I cannot bet on anthony lynn so but i did i just wanted to point out the uh the rugs injury because there's, there's injuries everywhere we're gonna have to check before the game who's that 100 100 i think that is pretty important with that one being the uh thursday night games obviously coming up a little bit sooner we already have casey in the chat casey not right now man not right now talk ask us football <laughs> questions we got tipped in here ask us football questions this guy knows what's going on um all right let us move on the first of two saturday games we have a 4 30 bills traveling to denver to mile high to take on the broncos line opened at minus five looks like it's minus six six and a half depending on your book i'm seeing six and a half here on DraftKings currently that's with a nice number of bets coming in and a big, big number of handle. Almost 85% of the handle is coming in on the bills. And of course, all the money is going to the over. So bills minus six. Talk to me. We'll do six and a half. DraftKings is pretty reputable. See ya. How do you feel about six and a half to the bills? 
I promise I'll be on some dogs. I promise. But mm-hmm. this one I can't do. And this is really more of a Drew Locke thing. And I just, he's so turnover prone, uh, especially when he's trying to play comeback ball in a negative game script. And other than Tim Patrick, I mean, Jerry Judy here and there, but like the receiving core really hasn't stepped up big time. Um, remind me, I, I think Melvin Gordon might be hurt here. So I, I just, and by the way, w- when the Bills defense got Matt Milano back, like they mm-hmm. really became a, a much better defense. Good. Otherwise, yeah. they're relatively healthy. So yeah, I, I like the Bills here. I think this could be, I understand they're coming off a couple big games and this is a, a, an obvious letdown spot, but I just don't think the Broncos have enough. Gotta love a good letdown spot. Tipton, talk to me. Bills minus six and a half on the road in mile high. Not the easiest place in the world to play. No, and let's also take the fact that, um, you know, as you pointed out, these are one of, this is one of two Saturday games. And this game is not buried into a bunch of one o'clocks and four o'clocks. And you start singling games out, then you start inviting a little more action from the fringes, uh, a little more bet count, a little more tickets. So what do you see that's typically inherently inflated when that happens or favorites and over? So you get a Bills team that, you know, on the surface looks like who in the hell wants to get in front of them. Um, you don't know what you drew like you're going to get. But to see his point, uh, you know, they've had a, a hell of a few games. They come down and play a, a lowly Broncos team that bucked up against a um, whatever defense the Panthers are trotting out last week, and Drew Locke was allowed to throw the ball over the yard. Um, but not only a letdown spot, but a little bit of a sandwich spot. And they have a game with the Pats coming up again uh, next week, again traveling. Um, you know, I, if this line stays under seven, which it looks like it will, and keeps floating around six – Mr. Linesmakers knows all the things that we know, and it really comes down to situational handicapping. And, again, one of two Saturday night games, uh, they're laying points on the road and an obvious letdown slash sandwich spot. I'll find a way to be on the Broncos plus six. It's, uh, to coin a phrase from one of my favorite podcasts, the Solid Verbal, they're not a part of our network, but I really like them. Uh, A letdown look-ahead sandwich. Doesn't get any better than that. They had major game and then a shitty game, as you said, against the Broncos. Easy letdown spot, and then you can go ahead and check out that next game against the Pats. I think with it being a Saturday game, it also makes it a lot more confusing and complicated. Uh, See what you got. No, it's a really good point that Tipton brought up about the Saturday game and it being singled out. And therefore, you're going to get a lot of like public bets and on, of course, the over, but but on the, the the favorite, especially a hot favorite and what we saw with Josh Allen. So there's no question this line is inflated. So like considering that, you know, considering that the true line here probably should be, I mean, Tipton could speak to this maybe better than me, but the true line probably should be like five or five and a half and instead, or maybe even four and a half. And instead we're getting six, six and a half because of that inflation. So that's a really good point. So if you, if you're taking the bills, you're basically taking on an extra point, point and a half probably because of that, of what Tipton said about how this game is structured on a Saturday. And that's why we have Tipton come on the show. The, the line did open at minus five um, and it looks like it quickly moved up uh, or down to six. Uh, is it down technically? Cause it's minus it's like golf, right? Man, I miss our golf show. See ya. Anyway, um, yeah, I think this is going to be interesting. It is a Saturday game. It's going to be fun. It's well, you said it's not. It's not sandwiched in a bunch of one o'clock games, and we know the NFL. Um, I mean, New Jersey just set another record. We're about to crush the uh, overall record for a year for bets placed, um, which is awesome. I think we're going to get close to about six billion. So let's go. There are a lot of college football games on, and major college football games. So. I don't know how much that's really going to sway. We all know NFL is king when it comes to pretty much everything. That might have a little bit of effect on it. I mean, you have Ohio State, you have Clemson, Alabama, you have all these teams playing Florida. So 
I don't know. I, 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 it's not a normal Saturday, but I totally see where you're coming from. And I think a lot more people will be betting on it. So let's move to the late Saturday game. Tipton, I'm excited to get your take on this one. The Panthers are traveling to Green Bay, to Lambeau, to take on the Packers. The Packers open as minus nine and a half favorites. That number has now come down to eight and a half. The bets are relatively split, but we have about 60% of the money coming in on the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey most likely will not be playing. I saw that he went to practice and had shoes on, but did not have his helmet. So whoever that beat writer is, I really appreciate the line of delineation there. Tipton, we'll start with you. It's your Charlotte team, right? Um, Eight and a half Panthers getting some points on the road. Aaron Rodgers night game. I don't know, man. Doesn't doesn't really add up for me. No, the the matrix is never clear uh, (laughs) until until after the game. Um, But Let's look at, what again, what Drew Locke did. Uh, if he can do that, certainly A.A. Ron will do the same thing. Right. At home. Of course. Saturday yeah. night in the cold, right? I mean, it just march up and down the field. Uh, so we also thought last year, I think it was last year, when Panthers went up there, they typically have a bit of a dogfight up there. Um, again, second game of this Saturday night. Um, I think you're seeing what Matt Rule, his fingerprints are all over this team already, going all nine defensive uh, players in the draft. Uh, he is out to build a salty, salty defense. And even I see it from, you know, when, when uh, you know, John Smith, quote, unquote, comes running on the field in the fourth quarter. You know, these guys are starting to make plays, which just shows the, the level of, of talent development that, that he's bringing, the, the, the draft prowess that I think he's, he's showing. And you can see this team starting to shake, take, take shape already. Um, so I do not count them out from being a scrappy uh, a scrappy underdog here. Um, they, they've two of their losses, two of their nine losses have been by more than eight, um, both to the Bucks. They played a couple of good other good quarterbacks other than Tom Brady, but that just tells you right there that maybe we've got a, should I say it, a backdoor Bridgewater? Oh, oh, wow. oh. already. Yeah, give me the Panthers in nine. Give me backdoor Bridgewater in nine points. I'll take it all. Day. You know what's so great about that is that John Norrell, who 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 just jumped into the chat, who always makes fun of me because I over say backdoor Burrow, or at least I used to before mm-hmm. he got all banged up. Um, right. Yeah, I I, uh, I know you haven't asked me yet, but I kind of like I like the backdoor Bridgewater moniker so much in the alliteration that I mm-hmm. I kind of have to be on Carolina. But again, I, you know, in a real analytical way, I said I'd be on some dogs. This is this is a big line, and this really is fit for a backdoor. It looks like DJ Moore is playing, right, Tipton? Mm-hmm. And so we have DJ Moore, we have Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel. Now, obviously, CMC is not going to play. So we, we've got Mike Davis, who's, you know, he's, he's okay. He's a little bit above average, but they have enough offensively. I mean, they're not going to be able to stop Green Bay, but they have enough off. Like, Green Bay is not exactly like some titan when it comes to defense. They, they will be able to run on them, and they will be able to pass on them to some degree. So, yeah, I like them. If they can't keep it close, you got the backdoor Bridgewater. So I'm in on that. I love it. I love it. It does. It, it, it is that it's such a big line. And I did not know, but I appreciate the uh, the statistic that the Panthers have only lost two games by more than eight points. I think that is a very, very important thing to understand, as you said. And for people that don't know, uh, we were talking a little bit of college football because of the Saturday games. Um, and Casey, I'll get to your comment in a second. I promise. Matt Rule took a one in like 10 Temple team, brought them to two bowl games uh, only like a couple years later. He took that Baylor team. You Google that. I don't really want to get into it, but he took a very bad Baylor team and brought them to the uh, what the Big 12 championship game, brought them to multiple bowl games. 
they were in playoff contention for like a hot minute there, which was kind of cool. So again, if you get in contention, that's still pretty impressive. So we do appreciate that. And, and uh, just to Casey's comment, the Bills and Broncos will be televised at the exact same time as Clemson Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to be watching both because I have two TVs. So Casey, just get a second TV, man. That's all you need. Len, very easy. Very, it's very. Still, it's still uh, like a, I mean, to me, like a scheduling error. I mean, they probably shouldn't yeah. be kicking off at the same time. I think that's the point. Totally making. Yeah. And for the record, Casey, if you don't think Home Alone's a top five Christmas movie, then like at least list your top five Christmas movies because I don't understand how Home Alone doesn't fit within yeah. the top five. Anyway, you, you go ahead and list it. We'll talk about it later. I have watched, and I'm not kidding when I say this, I have watched Home Alone one and two combined probably over the last seven days, probably about 10 times. I know I said probably like a bunch there, but. It's just background. That soundtrack, John. Okay, we don't need to get into it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Let's move on to some Sunday games. Um, This one's going to be interesting. We have the Lions traveling to Tennessee. Take on the Titans. Line opened at about 10 and a half. Looks like you can get it at 11 if you want, but it looks like it's sitting at 10 and a half still where I'm looking. Uh, Stafford most likely will not play. I think he broke something else this time, which is just unfortunate. That poor dude, he's just getting hammered back there. DeAndre Swift should be okay. Kenny Galladay, I'm just going with the assumption he's never going to play again. Um, and my season-long teams don't appreciate it, but it is what it is. We we truck on. Uh, Derek Henry in December. Titan stacks in December. This Lions team, not very good. Um, so yeah, let's start with you. Titans, minus 10.5 at home against a lowly Lions team without their starting quarterback. Um, so Henry had a really good week two weeks ago, and then he followed it up with 215 yards and two touchdowns and a couple yeah. of catches. Like, mm-hmm. it's... This is video game. This is like Tech Mobile. By the way, that was before you were born. It was a video game, Michael. And I am aware of who Bo Jackson is. Yeah, I'm sure you are. So anyway, since you don't know that game at all, so if you gave it to Bo Jackson on Tech Mobile, like basically you would you would score a touchdown if you did the right like zigzag thing. Anyway, I digress. So I don't know how the Lions cover this line with Chase Daniel. And by the way, I don't think Chase Daniel is that bad. But without without Stafford and without Kenny Galladay, I mean you're, you're. the Chase Daniel to like Marvin Jones and Quentin Cephas show isn't going to, I mean, even if DeAndre Swift plays, which I mean, I guess he is going to play, but and I, I'm assuming he's at full health. He he will be able to cut into this a little bit, but you know, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, you know, AJ Brown, we got to monitor his status too, because he had that ankle issue sure, yep. um, in, in on Sunday. But I, I think the Titans are just going to kind of smoke them at home here. Me too. Me too. And I'm a little disappointed about it. Etip, what do you got? Mm. I normally don't like this feeling of jumping onto the same canoe as everyone else, but I'm on, boys. Um, Help us row, man. Help us row. (laughs) I'm not one for pro athletes mailing it in. Um, I just generally don't believe that. But if there was ever a time that anyone was going to, Jesus, the Lions are prime candidates here. I mean, just laid it all out in a relatively contested game, only to come up with, uh, what faint hope you had at a wild card to be gone. Um, Lou Stafford for the 199th time. Ask Chase Daniel to come in and do something that, you know, Glennon couldn't do. Um, I think we talked about last week how just deficient the Titans uh, secondary is of just able bodies. Um, but, you know, you give me a team that, you know, if they take their eye off the ball in preparation for just a, a split second in a game of inches, uh, that can mean so much. And then you throw in a team – that's just going to pound you for four quarters, run Derrick Henry left, run Derrick Henry right. That's just a recipe for this one just kind of tailing away. So, yeah, I'm, I'm laying them with the Titans. Damn. 
take that's a lot of points, guys. And uh, I think I'm probably going to take it too because yeah, this this Lions team is just bad. One thing I will say from a personal standpoint is I'm in the court or the semifinals of my home league, my big league, going up against. I won two years ago. I'm going up against the most recent champion, and he has Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. Um, so I'm just hoping, just hoping for 150 and two touchdowns. That's it. Just give me that and I can win, I think. Anything more, it's going to be a problem. Uh, and this Lions team is bad. Who did the Lions play? David Montgomery, he just ran all over them last week, right? Um, granted, it was mostly on one rush, but that means Derrick Henry can just do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. It's going to be scary. You know what it, you need, Michael? You need like two defensive touchdowns and have it get out of hand so quickly that McNichols gets like the entire second yeah, half. Really crossing my fingers, man. But even then, I think Vrabel's too much of a dick to do that. Like he, <laughs> he wants Derek Henry to win, you know, rushing title, yada, yada, yada. I can't really blame him. So I'm just hoping, just hoping. Uh, let's move on. This was an interesting line. We have the 49ers. Um, so one of America's teams traveling to go play America's actual team in the Cowboys, I guess. Uh, line open minus two and a half to the 49ers on the road. Looks like it's at three, three and a half right now. I'm seeing on DraftKings it's three and a half with a lot of juice on the Cowboys three and a half. So it looks like it's about three. Over under about 45, 44 and a half doesn't matter, but all. And when I say all, I mean over 95% of the money is coming in on the 49ers at minus two and a half, minus three. So my goodness, that's a lot of money. Tipton, talk to me. 49ers on the road, getting giving points with Nick Mullins as their quarterback. Talk to me. (laughs) That's just gross. It's a meat wagon game here. Everybody's injured on both sides. And I mean, look no further than the two quarterback positions. Um, There's nothing really to take from Cowboys beating up on the Bengals. Andy Dalton got his uh, revenge. Mm. So, yay. Uh, 49ers have at least battled two tough defenses. Uh, I'm going to sum this up with with this. Uh, Shanahan – uh, sideways triangle McCarthy or open ended triangle, I should say. Shanahan over McCarthy. That's what I'm going to boil this down to. Sideways open ended arrow. Greater than. Let's go greater than. Yeah. How about Shanahan greater than McCarthy? Love it. Uh, honestly, that's probably what it comes down to. See, what do you got? Yeah, that probably is what it comes down to. I mean, the one thing, if if it's the Christmas season or holiday season, I should say, so let's just do a little narrative shopping. Mm. We have a 49ers team that didn't get to go home three weeks ago and has been in Arizona for two weeks and two games they could have won, maybe should have won, and they lost both. And now they got to go all the way to Dallas. And like, I wonder, like, I don't expect a Kyle Shanahan team to quote, give up. And I think we understand players don't give up. I mean, I guess some do, but they're also playing for their job and their position in the following year. So but with all that said, I mean, they, they got to be really like mentally and physically exhausted at this point. So I, I feel like you have to factor that in a little bit here. Um, and, and honestly, knowing that, I think I'm going to be on the other side of this. I, I, I totally believe Kyle Shanahan is twice the coach that McCarthy is, but two and a half, I think this is going to be a really close game. If it, it's a stay away for me, but if it, if it stays at three, which it, it looks like it is right now, I'll take the Cowboys. If it goes down to two and a half, it's, it's a stay away. Or maybe I would actually take the Niners. But if it's three or three and a half, I'll probably go ahead and take the Cowboys. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Both of these teams not really playing for much anymore. A couple of weeks ago, the 49ers did have a shot. And I mean, like mathematically, they're still in it. But come on, we're on week 15 and the, you know, there are two, two, two games out. They need everybody to lose. So it'll be difficult. I think... It's just a weird number. Them getting, giving the points on the road. As you said, like they haven't actually been home in forever. It feels like I kind of feel bad. Um, Yeah, I think it's not even a question. Kyle Shannon is significantly better coach than Mike McCarthy. But what do you guys see? 
No, I was just going to say, just a reminder, you know, Mostert's probably not going to play and mm-hmm. Debo's probably out. So it's basically Jeff Wilson, Brandon Ayuk that are going to be, and Kittle, of course, is out with, with Nick Mullins. And, and is Nick Mullins going to play all four quarters? I mean, my guess is he's going to play poorly enough for C.J. Beathard to come in there. So, I mean, at, at the very least, the Cowboys have, you know, Zeke, who's kind of questionable. But by the way, Pollard's better than Zeke this season. Like, if mm-hmm. you, I mean, like from a yards per carry, just from an eye test standpoint, but I believe from an yards per carry standpoint, yards per touch standpoint, I believe he's better too. So, whether it's Zeke or Pollard, I don't think that matters. You still got CD and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper playing at a high level. So, at the very least, at the skill positions, I know we're all banged up on both sides of the ball for each team, but the Cowboys definitely dominate that skill position territory. And, and not, not that Sia has just <clears throat> somehow influenced me to think differently. Uh, but for those keeping score at home, this is a total pass. Uh, but if you if you made me yeah. play it, I'm going 49ers. Yeah, I agree with that. This is yeah, one where you, there's no reason to bet this game. You got a plenty of one o'clock games to bet on. Exactly. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my beer. Um, thanks, guys. Let's move on. Bears Vikings. We have an NFC North battle. We have the Bears. Traveling to Minnesota, Minnesota is giving three, three and a half on the road. It looks like it started at three and a half. It's down to three now with all the money, about 80% coming in on the Bears over under a 47. We have more money coming in on the over, so more points. Mitch Trubisky, living legend. Um, I think a couple last week he had a better QBR than both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So all you haters out there, good suck it. See it. talk to me. Why do you think Mitch Trubisky is better than we think he is. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's three touchdowns last week in the first half. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, impressive. Go ahead and take a bow. Take a bow, Sia. Go ahead. <laughs> you can. You can do it. So I was, you know, why I was saying that is because I, I I sent to our one of our um chats, our fantasy football chats, that um I was going to take Tr- Trubisky in uh in our little like private DFS um. Mm-hmm. DFS, uh, whatever, like a weekly yeah, thing. Yeah. So everybody was like, basically, like you're joking, right? And within, I don't know. 40 minutes, Trubisky had three touchdowns, and mm-hmm. I was basically looking like God. So that was kind of cool for a second. And then he didn't throw any touchdowns in the, in the yeah. second half. But the, the point is, honestly, you know, Trubisky is an upgrade over Nick Foles. I think we you know, just seeing what we've seen you know, this year, I, I think we understand that Trubisky can move the pocket a little bit. He peppers Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Allen, Allen Robinson will find the ball. I think he had nine catches. He had nine. well over 100 yards um, scored. And then David Montgomery is playing at a different level now. I mean, he he truly looks like a different running back. So when you're getting a Vikings team that's basically been eliminated at this point, you know, coming off a couple very, very tough losses, their kicking game is in complete shambles. I I think this is going to be close. And it, to me, it's a coin flip, whether, you know, who wins this game, but three and a half. I mean, you're getting the hook too. That's crazy to me. I mean, I, I got to be on the Bears here. I, I initially kind of liked the Vikings, but thinking it through, um, notwithstanding the weapons that the Vikings have on their side of the ball, I like the Bears here. Is it a little fishy? Do you think yes. it's a little fishy? Right, it's a little fishy. It is a little oh, fishy. Just, just to like, me, this line, yeah, it, it should be two and a half, maybe three, not three. Mm-hmm. Half. Yeah, uh, Tipton, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, coin flip here, but uh, C is on it, right? Pepper, force, lock on, whatever term you want to use. Trubisky gets the ball to Robinson. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you? I mean, do it's it. Incredible. Well, every play, why not? Um, <clears throat> I did enjoy seeing Nagy and company act like they literally were winning the Super Bowl last year with, <laughs> by, by, by our last week with, by the, the, the butt whooping they were putting on them. But hell, I'm generally kind of happy for Trubisky for all the shit he's taken. Um, <clears throat> so good for him. Um, 
Vikings winner five of last seven. I mean, Cook's been been running the show pretty much. They they have a tendency to bog down when they get into the red zone, and I think that's where that Bears D can kind of really muck this game up. And uh, again, this coin flip to me. I don't like either side. I'm taking the points if I have to. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, as as Sia said, kicking game in shambles. I think the Vikings kicker was a Dan Bailey missed three field goals and an extra point, so left and they weren't like fifty five yard field goals like poor Joey Sly. Your friend Joey Sly has to kick at the end of every game. It's like, hey man, go win it on a sixty eight yard field goal. He doesn't really hit one of those. It's like a thirty seven. Uh, Dan Bailey you used to be really good, a but b you're an NFL kicker. You should be able to hit thirty seven. My man. Seeing Najad can hit a 37 yard field goal. I saw it with my own eyes. So I, I tagged the New York Jets um on Twitter <laughs> just yesterday and I'm I'm waiting for the response. I assume they're like booking my airfare at this point. Um, they haven't I, actually gotten in touch. I with might them. know a couple people. I can I can, hopefully I can at least get that in front of the right person. That's all. We'll see Thank what happens. You. I'm doing Thank my you. best. It's cold up here. And as I told you, I'm I'm in the midst of a 20 inch snowstorm right now. We're only like a third of the way through. So I don't think you want to come today. Oh, yeah, give it give it another week. Give it another week. Uh, let's move on. We have the Buccaneers. We have the Falcons. Nice little NFC South matchup. Wolf. This game started minus three and a half to the Bucks. It's now minus six to the Bucks on the road with almost a hundred percent of the money. Literally, almost one hundred percent of the money coming in on the Bucks, but more tickets coming in on the Falcons. So you love to see that. Got a couple whales over there. Um, about two thirds of the the tickets coming in on the over at fifty one and a half, and almost a hundred percent of the money coming in on the under. So it looks like we have whales that really really like this game. Tipton, you're in a you're in that NFC South territory. Bucks going from minus three to minus six. First off, why the hell was this game minus three and a half? That seems a little fishy. Something something about I don't know. It's a little weird. Well, that's that's why they do that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they knew they. they probably put out a, a bit of a stinker. So it quickly got smashed. Um, you know, I don't know. Is, is Brady finally getting ready to feel a bit comfortable? Uh, went, in, went into that buy off of two straight L's by the exact same score, 27-24. Don't know why that's relevant. Just stuck out. Uh, but then come out with a W against the Vikings. Uh, Falcons are just doing weird things. Blame duck coach, maybe jump up and destroy the Raiders come back out, have two chances to win both against the Saints and Chargers. Uh, they're scrappy. I hate Matt Ryan. I hate the Falcons. Um, <laughs> I hate the Bucks for that matter. So I'm probably a bit biased uh, to your point uh, from an NS- NFC South perspective. Uh, so I don't really care about this game. I have a more important question about this game that uh, I'm going to solicit both of your opinions for. Mm. I, too, am in the playoffs in one league. Mm. And somehow made it through by not following my gut and starting Hill over Ryan last week. So I've got the same decision to make this week. Matt Ryan, Taysom Hill, what say you? Damn. Oh, that's – I mean, Michael, you can go first. Sia hates Matt Ryan. Yes. He's probably going to say Taysom Hill. Um, who are the Saints playing one more time? I'm put on the Yeah, I guess you have to go play Taysom Hill. He'll at least get rushing yards. That's something. And You're by the way, to? I mean – I mean, yeah, Taysom Hill. I mean, I mean, obviously, there should be. I'm surprised the over/under is what it is in this Buccaneers game, but there should be more points in that Kansas City game. You got negative game script, and and by the way, you know, he didn't. Taysom Hill didn't look good last week, but his stats weren't that bad. I think he was 18 for 28. He, you know, obviously rushed for a bunch of yards. yards. Yeah, and he, and he always has the upside to rush for a bunch of yards too. So Matt Ryan gives you zero upside with his legs, and honestly, when they are really bad. 
his floor is so low. His floor in fantasy is like four points when they're really bad. And you cannot say that about Taysom Hill. His worst case scenario is putting up like a, a 10 in that Chiefs game. And I actually expect him to do to do pretty well. So definitely Taysom Hill, in my opinion. I like it. Locked in. Tipson's not giving us a pick, it looks like. See, how do you feel about the Bucks minus six on the road against the Falcons? Again, started at minus three for a reason. Minus three and a half for a reason. Just saying. Yeah, I like the Falcons. There's too many points. It's a division mm. game. The Falcons have been, like Tipton said, they've been plenty scrappy. I don't expect Julio Jones to play, so that that's a factor. But uh, and I and I don't. I also don't like Matt Ryan. But the you know the Buccaneers this, this whole season they seem like paper tigers a little bit. I mean, if this line was back down to three and a half, I'd like the Buccaneers. But six is way too many points. Five and a half, in my opinion, is too many points. So. Listen, it could go real bad for the Falcons real quick. But mm-hmm. let's not forget Rojo isn't playing. Tom yep. Brady like sometimes looks hilarious at quarterback. Like if we're being honest, like if he gets a pass rush and he has to like shift his body. I mean, there was there was one time where he had to like turn and throw to Ronald Jones early in the game, and he threw it literally like eight or nine yards over the guy's head. I mean, like literally like eight or nine yards above his head, and it was an absurdly bad throw. And it's just because he is too old at this point to like you know do the things that his mind is telling him that he can do. And so, I mean, I, I I don't have confidence in him that he's just going to dominate for four quarters against this Falcons defense. Man. You mean like what down it is, right? Oh, is it yeah. fourth down? Is yeah. it not? That was tight. Yeah. Oh, the, the play I'm talking about? No, it, it was it was it was not a fourth down play. It no, was, I, was, oh, I, was, I was I was going. I was reminding you weeks back, ago. Yeah, weeks oh, ago. Right. When he when he thought it was fourth down, so he's like, oh, isn't a fourth down? And everyone's like, no, you idiot! It's first down. What's happening? <laughs> Um, I wonder what's that like? So, so being, you know, the resident 15 year old on the show, you guys are kind of old. What is it like having your mind be like, oh, this is what you need to do. And your body's just like, can't do that anymore. Like, does that just feel like helpless and hopeless? Like, I, I don't know how you guys do that. Like, Michael, um, be so excuse, me, excuse me, uh, real so quick. Depressing. You've seen the videos I've put out on social media. I'm clearly not there yet. So yeah. you might have to ask Tipton. Maybe he's there. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to embarrass you on my own show, Tipton. I wouldn't do that to you, but I, I would embarrass. I would embarrass myself. It's okay. See, it sucks. I don't, it sucks, man. I'll, I'll speak. I'll speak the truth here. It sucks. Yeah. Thank okay? you. Thank you for being a man. I appreciate that. I'm just being honest, guys. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. All right. Couple more one o'clock games. Actually, no. We have a bunch more one o'clock games. Thanks, NFL. You give us two Saturday games during Championship Weekend, and you give us three four o'clock games. Really appreciate the scheduling. Uh, we have the Texans. We have the Colts. We just saw this game a couple weeks ago. Texans traveling to Indianapolis. Indianapolis favored by six and a half. That is now seven and a half over under. Sits at about fifty one. Most of the money, most of the bets coming in on the Colts. But as I said, we just saw this game a couple weeks ago. This was, I don't want to say like Jonathan Taylor's breakout game, but he finally started getting more carries in that game. In the last couple weeks, he has absolutely looked fantastic. So crossing my fingers that that pick turns out in a separate league where I'm also in the semifinals. Don't want to brag. Don't want to brag. Don't want to brag. Um, See, I think, uh, I think we started with Tipton last time. We'll go to you. Yeah. The AFC South. Um, what I don't this is weird we just saw this game as Tipton was saying we're now starting to come around that second time bet through the batting order great analogy I love that how do you do you think the Colts just come out and whoop them again I mean we obviously know everything's going on with the uh, Texans and and PDs and Bill O'Brien and yada 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 but 
Well, also their secondary is in complete shambles. I mean, they don't have either of their starting corners, I believe, and I think their safety is out as well in this particular mm. game. So, I mean, you know, Philip Rivers isn't exactly like a daunting quarterback to go up against, but he probably will be able to connect to, to your Pittmans and your T.Y. Hiltons on, on a pretty routine basis. With that said, the, two weeks ago, or what, whether it was two or three weeks ago, I can't remember, Texans should have beat the Colts. I mean, they were on like the three-yard line, yep. and it was, if it wasn't for a fumbled snap, you know, Deshaun Watson – basically walks into the end zone. Their team is a little different now than, than it was then. I mean, they, they've, I think, taken on a couple more injuries. But I'm getting the hook. I mean, if this was seven, I'd probably stay away. But it looks like it's seven and a half in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of have to take the Texans because that recent history is very recent. And at the end, you know, Deshaun Watson, if we're going to talk about backdoor covers, like this is a, a prime. He, Deshaun had a bad game last game, but there was a couple of funny kind of quirky things that happened. He got stopped at like the one inch line and then they went for it on fourth down and, and they didn't get it. And then he got injured for part of the game. So with all that said, again, seven and a half is too much. Seven, it's a stay away. I like it. Tipton, talk to me. <clears throat> yeah, no play for me. Um, I I don't know. Do you know this? Do the Texans have statistically the worst D in the NFL at this point? They're if they don't, it's they're getting there. I would mm-hmm. say right now it's between them and the Raiders in terms of right now how aggressively bad their defenses are. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's tough. Deshaun Deshaun Watson is a, a bit of an equalizer, and giving him a touchdown, giving any really good quarterback, I'd consider him a really good quarterback a touchdown, regardless of what's out. I mean, the Broncos are down their t- their top two cornerbacks and. Bridgewater didn't really, excuse me, put put a much uh, put much pressure on them. So teams can work around that, but I, the Colts might be playing a little peeky boo with Pittsburgh coming up next time. Huh? They just saw the Texans. To your point, eh, go through the motions, run the ball, get out of there. Our defense needs to get healthy. We're getting ready to play the, the Steelers next week. I could certainly see the Texans slipping in there. I'm not playing it, but if I had to, I'm definitely taking the points. And since we're in this like this part of the season and we have addressed some teams kind of mailing it in a little bit, from what I've seen from the Texans, they are not mailing it in at all. Like they're, they're playing hard for four quarters. So that, and there's something to be said for that when you, you know, you got, again, this is a division game. You got Deshaun Watson who, you know, it's interesting because it looked like he got hurt and he desperately wanted to come back in the game and came back in the game in the fourth quarter. Maybe it was the late third uh, just a few days ago. So to me, that speaks to the culture of this team you know, with their new leadership, like really wanting to win, regardless of whether the, the win count or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they they really don't count this year because they don't have their top two picks. Both, I think, went to Miami. So it literally means nothing. These wins and losses, they're just trying to play football, which I respect. Uh, seven and a half is a lot of points. As you said, Sia, the recency of the Colts just beating the shit out of the Raiders and the Texans looking pretty bad this past weekend probably helps. But only two weeks ago, as you said, Texans probably should have beat the Colts. Uh, it's a division game. Seven and a half points is way too many. I don't want to touch it, but yeah, if I was going to lean on it, I would definitely take the Texans. See, I actually, um, total side note. So I was doing an interview today with Katrina Gazarian, really cool girl. She's going to be starting to make some content with us over here at Wind Daily Sports. She is about to own an NBA franchise. She is like in those circles. Yeah, really cool. Listen to the interview. Check it out. You can check it on the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Check it out. She's a really cool person. But um, I don't know who it was, but somebody, I, we were just doing the interview live on Facebook and somebody commented and called me an asshole and said that I lost them a lot of fucking money. And I was just like, I don't, I'm not going to answer it because I was in the middle of a conversation. But I mean, do I ever come off as the kind of person? Have I ever said, put your entire bankroll or put a million dollars on a game? That's not me. So 
I really kind of want this guy to show back up. I don't remember his name. I don't remember who he was, but I want him to show back up because I can engage him now. And I'm just really curious. Like, what did I say last week that would have made somebody be like, I have to put a million dollars on this game? Well, did he isolate it to last week? No, he just said, you asshole, you lost me a lot of fucking money. And it's like, Michael, you do realize there's people that just like troll the internet, right? And Facebook. That's fine. I, I kind of, that's what I mean. I kind of want him to come back. Like I want to, I can engage with him now. I was just really confused. Like what? I think this is going to keep you up at night and it's a door. No, no. I forgot until right now. I this forgot until right now, three minutes into the show. I respect it. I mean, I'm I'm all for trolling, believe me. You I'm of all people, I mean, you, you make some picks, but I mean, if anybody's going to like criticize somebody, it would it would probably be me or, or like somebody like Tipton, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and, and you actually speak very specifically about how conservative your plays are. So mm-hmm. yeah. it, again, that's why it speaks to this. That's probably a troll, but don't Damn. be sad, man. It's okay. Oh, no, I'm fine. I hope, I really hope it was, he put a bunch of money on the Saints to beat the uh, Eagles. That would be just the funniest, like, that would be me trolling him back saying like, I kind of hope it was this game. You idiot, but he's not here right now. So hopefully we can get him back. Um, all right, let's move on. Seahawks. Oh, see ya. We're going to start with you. Seahawks traveling to the football team. Uh, Seahawks minus three on the road. It's now minus five and a half. All the money's coming in on the Seahawks because Alex Smith is not going to play. Antonio Gibson is not going to play. And we are going to be graced by Dwayne Haskins for at least one more week. And my goodness, my goodness. I'm excited. See ya. Future quarterback or future not quarterback? Okay, two uh, two things. One is I've been on record since, and this is literally on record. Uh, in, in fact, on on the chat that I'm on with Tipton as well, uh, I didn't like Haskins from literal day one from draft day. Okay, because I didn't like him at Ohio State. His footwork is terrible. Like his leadership qualities really aren't there. But mm-hmm. uh, outside of that, I think Alex Smith might be playing this game. I don't think he's been ruled out. Really? He had the calf strain, but I think he got a limited session. It's Wednesday tonight. Oh, I, I thought he Wednesday, was. DM, I, I thought he was a DMP today. He he might have been, but he definitely hasn't been ruled out. Uh, like okay. I, my understanding yeah. was that he was either questionable or probable. So uh, if there's it, one person that you're not going to roll out with a leg injury, it's probably going to be Alex Smith, right? I don't I mean, care which it, leg it is. I don't care which leg it is. It's probably. I mean, be it, unless you're playoff viable and your backup is Dwayne Haskins. I mean, I think mm. that's the sort of the yeah. corollary to that rule you just you just mentioned. Yeah, but that's a good point. If Do you guys want Haskins, Colt McCoy back? Do you want if, Colt McCoy back? You can have him. You can just have him. Just take him. Colt McCoy is good, but Colt McCoy has always been a, a very average quarterback, which very. in some NFL, you know, on NFL teams is, is perfectly fine, including yours, by the way, because if he was playing that game against Arizona instead of a banged up Daniel Jones, you guys actually might have had a shot to win that game. But we'll nice. get to the Giants later. Okay, if, yeah. if this is Dwayne Haskins, it doesn't matter what the number is and it doesn't matter how good the Washington defense is because the fields will be so short for Seattle that there's no defense, you know, like no matter how good we think the Washington defense is, there's no way they're stopping Seattle with all the short fields that are getting with Dwayne Haskins. So if it ends up being Haskins, like obviously this line will start creeping up as that news filters out um, or that as that becomes more definitive, I would say take Seattle, even if it's like seven and a half, I'm even going to say if it's like eight and a half, take Seattle, if it's Dwayne Haskins. But if Alex Smith plays, I still like the Seahawks. As big of a Washington fan as I am, I just don't think this defense can hold up every single game and win games for a like pathetic, pathetic offense, especially without Antonio Gibson. This offense has absolutely no firepower. They signed Lamar Miller today, and honestly, he's probably the best, he's probably the best running back on their team. And they literally signed him today off the street. So, right. you know. Smith isn't really finding McLaurin, you know, Logan Thomas gets peppered with targets, but they're not, they're typically not downfield. I don't know how Washington keeps up with Seattle. 
I think even if the Washington defense really plays well, I still think Seattle covers this number. So I'm all over Seattle. What I would say is if Haskins is in, definitely bet this game. Um, if he's not in, I'd still bet it, but I'd bet it a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. All right, random Facebook man. I hope you're listening. That was Sia telling you to put a lot of money on the Seahawks. Uh, Tipton, talk to me. First, I'm going to send you some emails from my Capper's Advantage days that'll make you feel a whole lot better. (laughs) I I don't feel bad. I want him to come back. I don't care. I know I didn't do anything wrong because I'm not the kind of person. But he's so sad. I want him to come back. I'm worried. I'm worried. We're going to need a wellness check. If we can get through the snow, we're going to need a wellness check at some point. An evaluation for sure. Um, First, let me say, I have seen the effect Jack Del Rio can have on a defense firsthand. Uh, He is, uh, for my money, he's one of the best defensive coordinators I think I have seen in the last 20 years of of truly paying attention to NFL football. So it's no surprise that him, along with Rivera, uh, together with the tools that they have on that defensive line, uh, are creating – you know, something special there on that D-line. When Kerrigan used to be your guy, and now he's a rotational guy because of what's going on there with, with Sweat and Young. Um, it's fun to watch. I love defensive football. I love big D-line play. And it reminds me of those um, early 2000s Panthers teams with uh, Peppers and Chris Jenkins and those guys causing causing trouble like that. Um, I'm not overreacting to what Seattle did to the Jets. Uh, I expected that. Uh, I kind of felt like after the Jets had snatched defeat from the jaws of victory that it was going to be really hard for them to go out to Seattle. Uh, it was a perfect time for for Seattle to get right, and they did what they needed to do. Um, their O-line's getting healthy at the right time. They should get Dunlap back this week. Um, again, I'm not discounting what Washington has been able to do and the way they've been able to play, and I, I don't think they, they get ran over here by any means, but – um, chasing Wilson around for four quarters might have a little bit of a different effect. And if you're, you're consistently being, uh, trotted out there because you're not moving the chains, um, that's just going to be a, a recipe for disaster. So I'm going to see, I'm laying the points with the Seahawks. I'm not putting a stack on them or anything, but I'm definitely laying them. Yeah. It's weird that it only was minus three to me. I think that's interesting too. see what he got. Well, one thing I was going to say was typically when you have a team all the way on the West Coast traveling to the East Coast for a one o'clock game, that's an issue. But that game was was in New York last week, if memory serves. So I'm guessing Seattle stayed on the East Coast. I mean, especially during COVID, I think that's I know San Francisco stayed on the East Coast um, when they had back to back NFC East games. So for those of you that might be like, oh, well, I see why the line opened so low, because, you know, the West Coast team traveling to the East Coast for a one o'clock game. That would that probably isn't the case here. Um, so that's just something to consider because we saw what happened. Like, I mean, I know we think we know the Raiders, for example, are are like a pretty bad team. But about four weeks ago, when we thought they were awesome, they had one of those West Coast trips to play Atlanta, and they were like two and a half favorites against Atlanta. And, and I I was the sucker, and I went for that one, and they got completely boat raced. Yeah, it was it was uh it was just a, a rookie move by me, but at the same time, like that was really good evidence of that West Coast team traveling for a one o'clock game to the on the East Coast. Um this is not one of those situations. Yeah, yeah. that game was in that game was in Seattle last week. Oh it was. Oh. Okay. Hmm. So they, they did have to do the travel. Okay, thanks for checking yeah. on that. Thanks, so Tipton. Um, may, you know, I Tipton, mm-hmm. let me ask you, what do you think that's worth? It, forget about these two teams in general. If if a team in California or Washington has to go to the East Coast for a one o'clock game. Um, is that worth a point? Is it worth a point and a half, a half a point, or is it completely disregarded by you? Yeah, no, I wish I had some some 
true quantifiable data on that because I, my gut feel is that it hasn't had as much of an impact for whatever reason uh, this year and, and and more recently when it used to be a, a pretty big variable into the equation. So um, it's it's not made its way to, to the forefront of my handicapping. And because uh, that it hasn't, um, I don't feel like it has stuck out, but I've got nothing to go on other than my gut. But I feel like that's kind of waned a little bit here. I, I don't know. They're getting better at it. Are they? It became a thing. So then you do some things to combat it. Some smart coaches start to, uh, do you leave a day early? Do you let your body acclimate quicker uh, or sooner? Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it's been as much of a thing as it was. But, um, you know, again, that's just me shooting from the from the hip on that. Shooting right from the hip. I was hoping you were going to talk a little bit more because I started to Google search it um, to see <laughs> if we can get anything. Um, if I had to put something on it, I, I would. I honestly think it's probably worth because. Because by the way, there was a playoff game. I think it was just last year where two teams did that two different ways. Where one team arrived like on a Wednesday to play that playoff game, or, or maybe it was a Thursday, and the other team arrived on, on a Friday. So like different organizations are going to do that differently. And I, I'm sure there's logistics involved that, that we can't really speak to depending on the team. But to me, that would be worth a point. Like to me, like, like if you thought the Seattle game should have opened at four, for example, but it opened at three, like to me, I know a point is a lot in, in NFL betting. So maybe it's a half a point, but I don't think this line should open at three. I don't know what all the factors that, that are involved in this particular line, but I feel like that might get factored in just a little bit. Yeah. This, this brings up another, uh, uh, circadian rhythm angle you know, when you look at take the take the reverse of this and take east coast teams going out and playing a sunday night or monday night game by the time you get the second half of those games whew, it's late so right. there's, there's there's the exact reverse of that too I'd, I'd be interested to see michael what'd you find um so i just have uh just it doesn't give me one o'clock games, which is kind of frustrating, but it does say West Coast teams traveling east, playing in the east time zone from 2013 to 2019 are actually 58, 40, and four against the spread for plus 15 units, uh, assuming okay. you're putting about a unit-ish, um, it looks like, on a game. Before that, it was pretty bad, 57, 70, and one from 2003 to 2012. Right. So they were pretty bad. Um, sites here... Teams have become better at managing this situation by changing when they leave for an East Coast game, as well as understanding, you know, kind of how to sleep, as well as the travel has also increased significantly in terms of what you get when you travel, that kind of thing. Back in mm -hmm. 2003, it wasn't quite the same. I'm sure they're very well pampered and deservedly so to do stuff like that now. So, yeah, not quite, not quite as bad. Um, I do want to just point out, Casey, uh, Mike Greenberg said on Get Up today that Washington is going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Casey, you literally listen to us every week. And for the last five weeks, C and I have both been saying it doesn't matter who's coming out of the NFC East. We will most likely think they win at least one game. If not win, it definitely cover, but probably win a game. I will put on, I will put money on whoever comes out of the East. I'm going to put it on the money line and I'm going to win money. I'm confident in that. So Thanks for paying attention, Casey. At least you're here, I guess. At least you're here. A uh, couple more 1 o'clock games. Let's get to the Patriots traveling to Miami. Dolphins minus three at home. That line has come down to what looks like, what, I'm seeing a pretty big spread. Is it two and a half? Uh, two. Looks like you can get it at two right now to the Dolphins. Uh, do you guys remember when Cam Newton was good? Because this was the first game when we were all like, holy shit, Cam Newton's good, guys. What did we do? What did we do? Everybody passed on Cam Newton? Oh, my God. And then only a few short weeks later, we're like, ah, dude, this guy's terrible. This guy's absolutely terrible. Dolphins getting to, or I'm sorry, giving to at home 
coming off a statement loss, some might say. We've saw, seen this before against the Chiefs where you lose a really close game. Great job. Good effort. Tipton, Dolphins minus two at home. What do you got? <clears throat> Lots of stuff in this game that um, hit my senses, my, my capping senses here. Uh, first of all, let me let me back up to last week and thank Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins coaching staff for kicking a field goal when I needed you to, uh, when it <laughs> makes sense to. Right? Mm-hmm. Analytics, yeah, not going to score a touchdown, more than likely kick the field goal. Let's try to get an onside kick. So uh, my Christmas card's in the mail. Thank you again. Um, the Pats passing game, yeah, it's just it's it's – Dolphins are definitely equipped to continue to kind of hold that down. So I would expect that, that the Pats uh, try to get that run game going, uh, get that line moving head down and, and run blocking and run, run, run. Uh, I'm also a Tua fan. I don't know. He gets a, a ton of hate. Um, maybe it's the maybe it's the lefty that I'm mesmerized by. But I don't think he's got a little bit in. I like watching him play. I think he's exciting. Um, so I, I, I'm a fan of his. He may be down some weapons from that from last week. I don't know the health status of Gasicki, Parker, Grant. Uh, so that obviously uh, won't be too good. But I think what we have here, um, if you could picture a, a cartoon sitting at the table waiting for a steak, knife, fork, drool napkin around the neck, the whole nine. That must be what Belichick thinks when he gets this trifecta of he's playing a rookie quarterback for the first time. He's got extra time to prepare. And to top it all off, it's a teacher versus pupil moment. So that is a trifecta of Belichickianism somethings. Mm. And I will take the points if there's any left because I hadn't acted yet. However, if – they flip to a fave that will cause me to completely backtrack and relook at what public action and sharp action are doing. So uh, as I said before I started talking about this, there's a lot of things that I'm paying attention to in this particular game, a lot of things that could change between now and then. So um, I've got to qualify this with uh, I'm on the path right now, plus anything. If they flip to a fave, I reserve the right to reestablish my pick because I have not bet it yet. Yes, it is Wednesday. You have the reserve the right. We we will allow it. So a couple things looking up the injury report. Uh looks like Devontae Parker, uh Jakeem Grant, Matt Breida, and Kyle Van Noy should be back. Um, I think Kyle Van Noy is an important one. Eric Flowers is going to be out, whatever, Giants fans. And Mike Kosicki most likely will not be uh, – he will not be playing. Uh, he's he's already projected to be out. I don't think it's confirmed, but projected. And, yes, thank you. I apologize, Tipton. One of the, the three things I have to do is tell you what the line is and also tell you where the money's going, right? We have reverse line movement. Uh, I wish we had that soundboard, Sia, because every time we say it, it's just so much fun. We have over two-thirds of the money going on the Dolphins. Started at minus three, and again, that's now down to minus two. So that is something. And there are more bets are coming in, right? So we have the handle and the bets both going to the Dolphins, and that is making the line move in the opposite direction, which is not good, which is not good. So I apologize for not giving you that information earlier. Sia, Dolphins minus two against the Pats. Pats won this game the first time. It was ugly, but they won. Yeah, that's how they're going to win it this time too. So I, I like, I agree with Tipton. I like the Pats too. I think they're going to be able to run all o- all over this team, and uh, you know, we'll see. Like the the weapons matter. Like Gasecki and Devontae Parker, that definitely matters. But again, the the Belichick versus a rookie quarterback narrative is not just a narrative. Like he just completely destroys rookie quarterbacks. Um, with that and knowing 
the running game for the Pats is probably going to have a, a reasonably easy time. And I, I like Tua, but I just don't – without any receivers, I'm just not super confident in him. They don't have Miles Gaskin. So I'll take the points here. I still don't like Tua. I mean, I like him. I'm sure he's a cool dude, and I think he will be good. I just – I don't know. Something about it. Maybe it's the lefty in him. Maybe it's just like what's happening. Like, why, why are you throwing with that hand? That doesn't make sense. Usually I can see your face when you throw the ball, but instead <laughs> I see your back, and it's very confusing. So I don't know. Maybe that's me. Um, definitely, if anything, I'm going to put money line well, pats. Uh, that's that's about it. I don't want to fuck it. YOLO. What do you got? To, I mean, to your point, though, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the better quarterback this year for this team. I, mm-hmm. I don't really think that's much of a debate. Like Now that we've seen the sample sizes that we've seen, I, I I understand like I'm not the coach. Brian Flores knows more than I do, but like it just seems to me that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have a better chance to win with him. Maybe you can make the argument, well, you have a better chance to lose too because they'll turn the ball over. But mm-hmm. you know, we're in the, in this community, we're always looking at upside, and I think Fitzpatrick offers so much more upside and frankly, so much more game planning because you know he has the ability to throw it down the field. With Tua, you're not really worried about him throwing it down the field, so the the field gets condensed so much with him and when you have a patriots team that's scheming for a guy that doesn't want to throw it down the field partly because he doesn't want to throw it down the field but partly because he doesn't have the receivers to throw it down the field you're going to have an easy time if you're bill belichick scheming against that brian fitzpatrick won in new england last year right that was that week 17 matchup 16 whatever the hell that was that was awesome tipton i see you shaking your head i just the I don't get it. The constant pining for Fitzpatrick over Tua. Let the man play. Let him live. Let him cook. Let Tua cook. Come let him on. Cook. Not ready. Jeez. He's hungry. Next year. Jeez. Let him get some playing time. I agree. I have a futures bet on the Dolphins making the playoffs. So I just want them to win this game. Uh, with the Ravens pulling that victory out, that it's not looking so hot right now. But we'll see what happens. Crazier things. Crazier things. Let's move on. We have the Jaguars. Oh, and Julian Edelman was back at practice, most likely going to play. I don't know if that helps. Jaguars uh, moving, going to the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens. We just saw them on Monday night and was an incredible game. Loved every second of it. Ravens favored by 13, 13 and a half at home. Most of the money, most of the handle is going, I'm, I apologize, most of the bets, most of the handle going to the Ravens at minus 13 at home. Over-under sits at about 46 and a half right now. Gardner Minshew's back. So keeping this bad boy. See ya. Jags, Ravens, Ravens minus 13. What do you got? Okay, in general, I love the Ravens. And I, and I like the idea. You could have gotten it before that Browns game at around 25, 26 to 1. Uh, Gil Alexander on Beeson was talking about this with with some people. Uh, Todd Wishnev, maybe Mike Lombardi. I can't remember who. But Josh, you could have gotten them at 25 to 1. Josh I'm Applebaum sorry? come on the show? Was he talking with Josh Applebaum come I on the show? I don't think Applebaum was on, on the show at the time. But the point is you could have gotten them around 25, 26 to 1 to win the Super Bowl before that Cleveland game. Now it's down to 22, 23, depending on where you look, 21, 20 to 1. The reason why it's a good bet is because they should win out, and they are going to win this game. But this is way too many. And by the way, I know what you're thinking. Well, Kansas City is going to like – stomp them and they'll probably lose to a team before they even get to Kansas City but if this team is firing on all cylinders like they have not all season now that their defense is healthy they didn't play well against the Browns but you you if they get to the Chiefs you can start hedging your bet right there if you want to if you make the, the appropriate size bet I actually think there's value in betting the Ravens any anywhere between 20 to 1 and 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl uh, particularly if you want to play the hedge game in the AFC championship if, if that's where they get with all that said I like Minshew here uh, I really like him to cover the spread. This is another great backdoor opportunity. They do have a full complement of receivers with, you know, Conley's healthy. Cole had a great game last week. DJ Shark 
didn't have a good game, but that was partly because Glennon just misfired on, on a mm. lot of passes where Shark was actually open, one of which, at least one of which, was in the end zone. You still have James Robinson, who was setting this, these rookie records at running back. They have enough in the tank to cover this line, so give me the Jags. I love it. It's so many points. Um, and yeah, while that was a fun game, the Ravens still aren't really like that good. <laughs> I think yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty obvious at this point. Tipton, what do you got? Jags plus 13. See what I did there? I led you into it. Talk to me. Mm, good segue. I, I'm, I'm missing a vital piece of, of handicapping knowledge here. I need to know if Lamar Jackson went to take a shit or not. Mm. I need to know. <laughs> good question. I cannot bet this game properly. Unless I know. I mean, he ran, for God's sake, so the crank must have been. I don't know. Was that a waddled. We've all been there. We've all been there. Somebody didn't do the – didn't quite waddle. Um, <laughs> uh, short week, kind of scary, right? That was, that was a big game against Cleveland. I think they expected that. That was a hard-hitting game right down to the very safety-ish end uh, of it. Uh, sorry, man. whoever was on the wrong side of that. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Uh, but um, other than that, I think they just try to run the ball and get the hell out of there and stay healthy and just uh, you know try to make a, a push here. It's a pass for me. But I don't really like either side. Um, I'm not even to the point where I'd feel comfy taking the Jaguars either. As a matter of fact, if you made me, I'd probably lay it with the Ravens. Um, but it's just I got zero interest in it. It's a it's a difficult one. I uh, definitely I mean, 13 is so, so, so many points as we've already seen. It's it's starting to creep up a little bit. 13 and a half uh, over here on DraftKings. So it's interesting. I think I don't know. After such a like crazy game. Now everyone's like all the way back in. Like, it's just so funny how quickly narratives change. Everyone's like, nope, wait a second. Lamar is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's like, honestly, he sucked in the first half outside of like a couple nice rushes. He was bad. He was really bad. Uh, and I, I, I also just want to say, just like a PSA to everybody, get Steve Levy and Brian Greasy the fuck out of that Monday night booth because I cannot stand them. I liked Steve Levy until he started calling games. I never liked Brian Greasy, so I don't care about him. But Lewis Lurdick deserves more. I've said that once on the show. I'll probably say it again. My God, I can't handle them. So I do apologize uh, for getting a little angry there, guys. I didn't mean to. Um, all right, so we're moving on to the 4 o'clock game. But before we get to the 4 o'clock games, as you've kind of seen, if you're watching, uh, if you haven't heard already, Windaily Sports is sponsored by Manscaped. And we appreciate the hell out of Manscaped. Support for Windaily Sports. Uh, this Windaily Sports show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide the best tools for your grooming experience. See, I've been asking you a couple weeks now. I know you have your, your tools uh, for your jewels. So talk to me. How has your Manscaped experience been so far? Um, you know, I don't like to kiss and tell, but with that said, th this really is like an amazing product. I mean, it, it genuinely is an amazing product. And by the way, it's not just like the, the razor. They got a bunch of like really cool mm -hmm. gifts in there too. So, um, it's worth every penny and then some. So I encourage everybody to, to get out there and get it and make sure you put the Win Daily promo code uh, when you're at checkout. And if there's yes. a existing promo code in there, you just erase it, you put in Win Daily, and you get that 20% off and free 20% and free shipping. Yes, Sia is right. Manscaped was very nice. They sent him and myself. We got underwear. We got a T-shirt, which is super nice. They gave us ball deodorant. Didn't know that existed. But when you kind of like think for a second, it's like, that kind of makes sense. I can't. I see where they're coming from. I see where they're coming from. So it, it has been 
I'll be honest, it's been a lot of fun for me. I've been enjoying enjoying the hell out of it. Um, and that is why Manscaped redesigned their electric trimmer for people like us, Sia, for people like us. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimming features a cutting edge ceramic blade. I legitimately tried to cut myself, couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Uh, it has reduced grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. When I tell you premium, my goodness, I mean premium. The first time I didn't need to use all 90 minutes in that battery. I came close, but I didn't need to thankfully use all 90 minutes. You can use it in the shower, which is pretty sweet <laughs> as well. And we always appreciate that. And they have this nice little LED light, which shows everything. Uh, so can let's not forget about I'm sorry. Can you get to? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to. In, like, can you get to John in the chat because he's talking about Manscaped? I think he's the guy that trolled you on Facebook. Uh, no, it wasn't him. Um, I did not cost you my, your mortgage, John. Get out of here. The Corey Davis prop wasn't even mine. Get out of here, John. Get out of here. So the next prop that you do win, make sure to go to Manscaped.com. Use promo code WinDaily for twenty percent off, so you can trim that junk of yours, guys. It's the holidays. Get it for yourself. You deserve it. You deserve it. 20% off free shipping. Promo code WINDAILY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code WINDAILY. Your balls will thank you. And thank you, John. Get some of that disposable income back. Listen to Sia. I don't know why you guys listen to me. I'm just here to talk. I don't, I don't know. Listen to Tipton. He knows. Uh, Tipton, we'll start with you. Uh, you said this quote, and it's stuck with me forever. Jets, Rams, uh, Rams minus 17 at home, getting all the money, not quite all the bets. Don't put good money on bad teams. Tipton, Rams minus, that's a million. I mean, fuck yeah. it. Take it. Just, you stole my thunder. I, I couldn't wait to say it. I'm not in a hurry to lay good money on what, Michael? Bad teams. Yeah. Uh, uh, before we get into that, though, breaking news. Uh, I have just bet the Pats plus two. Oh. So. Oh, wow. So um, no right reserve. I hope you know that. You uh, I have right retracted my right. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I jumped. Right. I jumped. Um, yeah. Uh, Rams were pretty fired up beating the Pats. A little Super Bowl uh, payback there without the Super in yeah. the bowl. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Jets, you know, ran into Seattle uh, in their get right spot, uh, get right spot, and I, I don't know. Again, you know, going back to that snatch and defeat from the jaws of victory, I don't know that they're they're right for the rest of the year. Um, I'm not going to paint the same scenario here as I did with the Jets going to Seattle and being very comfortable in Seattle doing what they should have done. Um, 17 is quite a bit. Um, I, I'm not. I just I don't have that feeling here, so I'm rarely going to lay that many points in the NFL, regardless. Um, but I know what I'm not going to do, and I'm not going to throw the money on the Jets. Uh, so it's a pass for me. Um, I don't like either side. So many points. Yeah, minus 17 to the Rams at home. It's so many points, but you can't take the Jets no. because Sam Darnold. Like, okay, so Sam Darnold hasn't been good since joining the Jets. I mean, he was arguably overrated at USC. I, 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 depending on who you talk to, I mean, if you talk to me, I would say he was overrated at USC, but that he would be an okay NFL quarterback. With all of that said, he looks like a shell of himself now yeah. versus the guy who wasn't even that good, you know, a year into ago. So it's it's really like regressing to a point and, and the whole team's mailing it in. We're actively trying to lose at this point to get Trevor Lawrence. So... I, I can't I don't think I can lay this this many points, but if I was going to bet this game, I I, 
I bet uh, the Rams or or uh, or there we go. We got it. Now we're into the show. Tease and tease it under the ten. But I honestly, I don't, I don't, I'm not really super interested in that. That's the only no, way I never are. Though. You've never been interested in a tease once. I just want to let, let me put that caveat out into the world for you. So for the record, I've bet maybe one tease this entire year, a couple money line parlays, which is kind of the That's same fun. thing. But you yeah, yeah, can't yeah. money line parlay this one. Uh, would I be surprised if this was like 31 to 10? No. Would I be surprised because of a defensive touchdown or two that if it was 38 to 13? No. So you can't bet the Jets. Uh, you can bet the Rams, but I'm not going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. And you also so, could put in a tease. What do you got, Tipton? Well, I was just going to say, is, so is it a foregone conclusion that Trevor Lawrence is a Jet? Is that is that the consensus? I'm wondering. I, I thought Darnold threw the best deep ball out of the bunch coming out of college, and I, I had way higher hopes uh, for him. So I'd really be interested to know if they just completely cut bait and Trevor Lawrence is who he is and it just doesn't matter. And and he's the number one overall. I think they have to. Um, I think half of it is you're in New York City and they've already given up. And it's kind of funny, like being here and I don't listen to as much sports talk radio because I don't really go anywhere anymore. But listening to usually it's anger and that's why it's fun. But it's more just like everyone just feels bad for this guy. Like you usually don't hear that. Like you you hear people getting pissed off at Daniel Jones, like last year especially, Pat Shermer. Everyone just kind of is like, okay, Gase is gone at the end of the year, whatever. And then they're all just like kind of – they just feel bad for Sam Darnold. And it's just like so sad to see that. And it's like this poor frigging guy, he gets no respect at all. It's just a foregone conclusion in everyone's mind. And, I mean, I think you kind of have to, right? If you don't know what you have in Sam Darnold yet, I don't really know what well, like, take Trevor Lawrence at that. You, you have to. And so I think as of two or three months ago, they, they had already made that decision internally. The yeah. problem is, and, and the reason why you probably should have found a reason to put Sam Darnold on the shelf as soon as Flacco got, got into you know the game and wh whatever week it was, is because each game that you get completely crushed and each game that Sam Darnold doesn't look good, he's losing value literally by the quarter. And so, I, I, again, moving on from, from Sam Darnold and getting Trevor Lawrence isn't necessarily a knock on Sam Darnold. You think Trevor Lawrence is an amazing quarterback. You think Sam Darnold is a good quarterback, so you're going to take the amazing quarterback because you can. With that said, what are you getting for Sam Darnold right now, a pre-draft? I mean, there's plenty of teams that might want him, including the Patriots or, you know, maybe Washington or, or, or some of those. There's at least five or six teams that could use Sam Darnold. But are you getting more than a second-round pick for him? And if so, is it a late or is it an early second-round pick? Like, I mean, if you if you had maybe – if you had a few good games pieced together or if you had put him on the shelf when Flacco came in, Maybe you could have argued like, hey, give me a high second round pick for him or a couple second round picks because he's we still think he might have franchise quarterback value. But that's like all gone away. So it's the Jets being the Jets is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, what, what is happening here? This is so 2020. I'm feeling bad for Trubisky. New York is feeling bad for Sam Darnold. It's, it's a weird what world. What the hell is going on here? I, I don't know, man. It's it's sad. Um, and that, that's the thing. Like Most people are just like, yeah, Sam Darnold's not very good, but it's Adam Gase's fault, which, I mean, yeah. every year – I always love uh, – there was a statistic earlier this year where they had all of the players that were on the Dolphins with Gase or were on the uh, Jets with the, with Gase, and then their career, their season statistics immediately after leaving, and they all got better. Ryan Tannehill was terrible. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill's not bad. We can all kind of agree upon that. He's not nearly as bad yeah. as he was when he was with Gase. Um, there was a couple others that were just – it was so – Devontae Parker, terrible with Adam Gase. 
pretty good without him. So it's like there's a few a few instances where what if, man, maybe what if that's Joe Douglas being like, hey, guys, he's better than this. It's the Adam Gase effect. What if he sells it like that? Maybe gets that second round pick from someone like the Steelers. I think that's almost another foregone conclusion. Everyone just assumes he's going to the Steelers for some reason. So sorry. Kind of sucks. Anyway, uh, manscaped.com promo code Windaily, 20% off and free shipping. Uh, okay. This is the weirdest line to me. I think uh, of all of them uh, at this point outside of that bucks three and a half, but that was divisional. So it made a little bit of sense. We got the birds against the other birds. Uh, we have the Eagles traveling to Arizona. So Arizona is back at home. It's not the 49ers anymore. This line opened at minus six and a half. Uh, the Cardinals have been bad. They then play the Giants, who we found out Daniel Jones wasn't healthy when he played. And then we found out that he sprained his ankle in the second quarter during that game. And for some reason, didn't come out. So while I've kind of been trying to be like, Joe Judge isn't that bad. He had a pretty good run there. But what the frig are you doing, man? That is the total opposite of what you should be doing. We'll get to that game in a little bit, but why the hell are the Cardinals favored by six after the Eagles as huge underdogs go to new Orleans, if I'm not mistaken, beat the saints outright pretty easily too. outside of, you know, a couple of little weird plays at the end, they would have won, I think by 10 points. I don't get it. It's confusing. It's just very confusing. See a Cardinals minus six at home. Oh, all the money and all the bets are coming on the Eagles. The line hasn't moved if it has moved it's actually moved in the opposite direction mm. yeah so uh, do we know if darius slay is playing because he is playing right i think he's playing i think so but he's been pretty bad especially like the last like three weeks he is but at least we could put him on on d hop i don't get this line i mean you, you definitely scared me from taking the eagles based on what you just said about line all movement. the money all the money is going on the eagles um, I, I don't know why you would take the Cardinals here. I, I can't. I can't think of it. They don't get a pass rush. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to run that read option, and it's not like he's going to be all figured out by by game two, especially with this defense. Offensively, you know, Ky- Kyler Murray hasn't looked that good. You know, we still think he might be dealing with a shoulder injury. D Hop hasn't looked that good, frankly, and Christian Kirk has been completely absent along with the, the rest of that receiving core. Um, you know, I, I don't. I. This one, but again, it's a weird line. And the mm-hmm. fact that the line isn't moving and all the bets are coming in on the Eagles is like super scary. I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm on the Eagles. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, Tipton might be just speaking from a pure line standpoint, Tipton might be the better person to ask here. So Tipton, what do you think? Uh, confusing. Um, I ultimately will get to the point where I say I can talk myself, I uh, think, into both sides here. And I'm going to try to make a case for the Cardinals to see why this opened where it did. Uh, but first, I think it's time to to really call out and, and understand that there is a the, – the paradigm has shifted in the quarterback position in the NFL. If you cannot run, like there's really becoming no place for you. And unless you are um, a super accurate, you know, veteran in, in the breeze, Brady, Rodgers, uh, you know, sphere there – like everyone else to have success, they're they're they can move out of the pocket. So the fact that Hertz comes in and is able to do something um, like that with the same O line that has caused Wentz to just get battered all season long, um, you see how much he changes the game. So equally, right? Are you so excited by that that you're just man? You cannot get to the window fast enough to take a touchdown here uh, against a. a 
non-threatening Arizona defense. Um, Murray went off the injury report before that Giants game, finally, and mm-hmm. look what happened. So I, I'm going to, as much as it pains me to, I'm going to take that for being somewhat of some truth as to his true health in that shoulder. He finally went off the injury report. They had a good game. So maybe he is healthy. Um, again, I want to see what if this line moves. I think, what do you say, Michael? Are we stuck at seven at the moment? Uh, I have it at six, six and a half, depending on the book, but that's reverse line movement. Yeah, so I'm I'm very interested to see where this one is closer to game time. And and in full disclosure, I am typically a, a a wait till all the information has come in that I can absorb uh, before I, I truly make a decision, especially on something like this. But um, and I don't think this doesn't mean I won't become very interested in a side. Just right now, I, again, I could talk myself into both sides right now. Um, the Eagles seem way too juicy, and I just mm-hmm. I'm very interested to know if they're just uh, come to be a, a true uh, public dog or not right now. I, right now, I, I certainly lean Eagles, uh, but if that just becomes so one sided at that plus seven, ugh, I'm definitely could could change my tune. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a it's a question mark. But it's it's such a it's such a, a weird reason. one, right? Like when I saw that line, that was like was like that's that's weird. I mean, the Eagles just beat arguably one of the two, three, four, if you want to, best teams in the NFL and the Saints. Granted, it was with Taysom Hill. We all can agree he's really not that good, but he's good enough to win a few games. Uh, Eagles covering wasn't crazy. Sia had them covering. I did not, but okay. They went out right, and pretty easily, I think, what, they were up 14 nothing. They were up 17-7. Like, they were up pretty much that entire game, and then that fumble late kind of kind of messed with it, but whatever. Just to have it open there is just so confusing to me. And then now to not have it move, that is the scariest part. With all the money, with all the betting, with everything going to the Eagles, a plus six and a half, plus six, not having that move and already having it open, that is the thing. The only, and and I'm just going to use this narrative because I think someone in the media, if they haven't already, you guys can take it and run with it. Kyler Murray runs the ball, so wouldn't the Cardinals be the best team that could potentially stop the Eagles and Jalen Hurts? Like, that's literally the only thing I can think of. Like, that's it. Well, yeah, but you could have said that with the Saints last week because Taysom Hill runs the ball. Like, if anybody should have like, been able to. He doesn't to run. run like Kyler Murray. He's more of a freaking fullback. That dude just kind of puts his head down and just hits a wall. Like, I, 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 it's not quite the same. But well, Jalen Hurts isn't exactly like the king of speed either i mean they're, they're no. basically jalen hurts, the same is bad. Right jalen hurts is bad i just want to put that out there one more time for eagles fans jalen hurts is not good uh so that's a good point to see it but it's just it's confusing to me it's confusing we'll see i don't know i don't want to touch this game the eagles made me look stupid last week maybe that's what that guy was angry at me for yeah I'm, I'm gonna bite i'm on the eagles again for sure i'm just gonna go ahead and put that out there right now Man. i'm on the eagles at six or six and a half i'm on the eagles <laughs> I hope they get crushed. Um, all right, let's move on. Last 4 o'clock game, America's Game of the Week, I'm assuming. We have the Chiefs. We have those Saints again. Chiefs open on the road. Three-point favorites. Over-under sits at 50 and a half, which is nice. Uh, looks like the line's sticking at three as well. 63% of the bets, 90% of the money coming in on the Chiefs. I don't know. Chiefs have one loss this year. It was a divisional loss. They've kind of like been like whatever the last few weeks. They go down by 10 to the Dolphins. They only score one touchdown against the Broncos. They let the Bucks come back in three points to, again, arguably one of the best teams in the uh, all of football. Tipton, we'll start with you. Chiefs minus three on the road against the Saints. America's game of the week. What do you got? Mm. Mm. 
Chiefs are still dealing with those O-line issues. I, we, we've talked about this. And Mahomes has been been covering them up. Um, I, this might be a little bit of a different animal going into New Orleans. No crowd, I get you. But um, that defense, that defensive line, uh, they can take advantage of uh, the Chiefs, especially I, I think they're still without Schwartz and Coletio Salemi. Um, if they are, I'm going to take the three, and especially if that thing sits at three, continues to grab 80 to 90% of the action. I'm sure it won't be that high by the time we get there. Um, if that thing does not move and it sits at three and continues to collect action between now and Sunday, I am all over the Saints. Um, mm-hmm. Conversely, if they throw the hook on there, um, that tells me they're getting a little nervous about that that one-sided action, and I, I would, you know, I may tend to, to back off a little bit. Dare I say maybe look for some live line value or maybe (laughs) they're fun Um, but it's never good but uh this is a little bit of begging you to bet here laying such a short number with the chiefs and i don't know why anybody keeps talking about breeze starting to look healthy or coming back i do not coming back anytime soon uh so it's this is the Taysom hill show no doubt uh but i i'm taking the chiefs i'm sorry taking the saints uh, again, especially if that line sits there, I'm going to feel much more comfortable and confident taking the Saints. Um, but obviously, we'll be we'll be looking to see if a if a move happens. But I'm on the Saints plus three. Like it? See what do you got? Yeah, this is sounding like the Josh Applebaum, you know, sharp line freeze, mm-hmm. uh, or at least the fear that it's going to be, uh, you know, sharps coming in uh, and scooping up the plus three, and it, which is why I'm taking the Saints as well. I mean, if you just kind of look at it from no, bird's eye view. I mean, it looks like Kansas City is going to win this game by like 10, 13, 14 points, especially coming off of what we saw last week. But again, we talk about this every single week. There's always one or two bets per week where you're like, oh, that one looks kind of easy. And it, and if that's your reaction to a bet, then you can pretty much guarantee every single public better is going to think the same thing. You do not want to be on that side of the bet. You want to be on the other side of the bet. So give me the Saints plus three. I think their defense will show up and like Tipton said, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line really hasn't been that good, and, and Mahomes is able to mask that a little bit. But, uh, I mean, both have a ton to play for. So, I mean, the Chiefs are definitely trying to lock up that one seed and, and get the bye. So they've got plenty of incentive too, but um, I'll probably take the Saints, but it's not something I would bet right now. I'd, I'd like to see how the line moves like Tipton suggested. Yeah, let's let's go back to, to Taysom Hill too. Uh, he's got an opportunity to move the ball in that defense too. So I think the, the Saints will be there to, to be able to score. And I'm a fan of the Chiefs defense, and they've, they're, they're pretty salty, but I'm, I'm liking the points again. Kamara, Latavius, Taysom Hill, that should be a nice little combo to, to move the ball pretty effectively on a consistent basis. Yes. Uh, I think the good chance the Saints actually win this game outright, especially coming off that kind of like a shitty loss where what Taysom Hill had two turnovers, three turnovers, I think. So it wasn't great. Didn't really didn't deserve to win that game against the Eagles. So it makes sense. But coming out, I don't I, we all think this Chiefs team is incredible and because they are, but they very clearly have flaws and they very clearly can slip up. Uh, when they, you know, want to, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, or don't want to. I don't know. That didn't really make any sense. But I believe the Chiefs can slip up. That's what I think I'm trying to say. And it's definitely something to pay attention to. I um, ended the show, three-team money logging uh, dog parlay. Probably going to have the Saints in there. That's all I'm going to say, tipped in. So jump on this train, buddy. Haven't won one yet, but damn, is it a blast. Damn, is it a blast. Uh, all right. We have two games left. We have the 
Cleveland Browns traveling to my New York Giants. Cleveland opened at minus four. That line has moved now with the news that Daniel Jones should and probably will not be starting. Looks like it's going to be Colt McCoy again. Um, so this line is now four and a half, five, depending on your book. It looks like DraftKings has it at four and a half. FanDuel has it at five. So that's just something to note. If you want to shop your lines, always do that. Uh, 73% of the bets over two thirds of the money coming in on the Browns over under sits at 43, which I think the Browns should cross by themselves this past week. So I don't know, maybe we could take the over there. Um, little thing about Daniel Jones, he was hurt and then got more hurt and the giants left him in. So don't know what the hell they're doing. See, what do you like here? And that's also actually a little weird too, right? Like this is how much the bookmakers don't care about Daniel Jones. The line moves by a half a point. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I think the dude's bet that I think he's more than worth more than half a point, but I guess I'm wrong. What do you like, Sia? Yeah, I don't. I, I genuinely don't, especially if he's a hobbled Daniel Jones versus a healthy Colt McCoy. I think it's about a, a half a point, maybe a point's worth. But um I like the Browns here. I I feel like the the Giants loss last week was was a pretty big deal. And I <laughs> Baker Mayfield's like a real quarterback all of a sudden. And oh, I don't know if wait, wait, I got to stop you right there. Um, So in the chat, I hope you didn't notice this, but the over under on C is saying Baker Mayfield's a bad quarterback. Oh. Um, I was actually had my t- clock started, John. I want you to know had that clock started. I apologize. And you see Casey's comment too about uh trashing Baker <laughs> since week one. That's I love it. I love the chat. That's always the best part. Appreciate you guys. I apologize. <laughs> Keep going, C. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, so uh, the answer is uh, the Browns are going to cover the, the spread, I think. But but it's crazy because they have Hunt and Chubb, and that's what you thought this team was going to lean on. But honestly, the way Baker is playing with with Jarvis Landry and Peoples Jones and you know Njoku, it, it's pretty impressive. And I just don't think the Giants are going to match the firepower here. You know, I, I actually took a quick glance at the weather. It's going to be cold, but there's no weather issues with this game. Mm-hmm. It's just going to you know no wind or precipitation. It looks like so. I just think over the course of four quarters, the Browns end up covering this line. I think it's it's going to be difficult. Tipton, what do you get? Yeah, um, I'm going to take this small opportunity, if I may, to tout my one um, – the one move that I can hang my hat on. I'm, I'm dead last in our fantasy league, uh, the one that Sia typically wins. But I'm dead last. And uh, one of our, our other uh, managers in the league, Ramel, he always goes through Ramel's recap at the end. And the first question I was asked is essentially what possessed me to draft Baker Mayfield as Baker, Baker Mayfield as my QB one. So I would oh. just like to point out that <laughs> Baker Mayfield is throwing darts. He's on fire. It's what I expected from week one, although it took a little bit to get going, but he's doing what I expected. So I'm going to take that as my one lone fantasy win in this awful uh, season that I'm having in the league. Uh, back to the regular schedule program. <laughs> Browns in total letdown mode, right? I got could they have played any harder against any more of a rival and just come up any closer not to have it to the point where Browns fans and teams are are congratulating them on their effort. Right? Mm. They've come a long Statement way. Loss. Let love those. There is such a thing, I think. Um the Giants were were pretty salty before that Cardinals game. I, I, too, think they're better with McCoy under center. Um, even though that was such a, a, a hyper-focused, tough game, the Browns seem to me like a team that – and kudos to, to Stefanski. I mean, he's coach of the year. Is he not 
he's got that team playing in, in such they're, – they're just turned in such another direction mentally. Um, so I think that this is one of those games where a, a lesser team mentally would certainly fall down off of that, of that hyper-focused, uh, intense game against the rival the week before. There's no look ahead here. Uh, I think they have the Jets next. Um, so, so no fear of that, right? You can just come off the letdown. But I think they can rely on that run game. Um, maybe just you know throw it in a low gear and just grind it out and just continue to you know one two punch uh, uh, the run game. And I think they get the win. I'm not betting it uh, because that is that's that's a, a huge letdown. But I do feel in my gut though that they're this is an opportunity where they really prove that you know they're stable. They're a good physical team. Um, and even off of a game like that, they can come out and get a win. So I'm looking to see them do it. I'm rooting for it. Probably not betting it, but I think and hope they will. It's it's going to be difficult. I'm just so disappointed. The Giants, um, it was kind of cool. Like, all right, for a little bit, it was you either get a top 10 pick or the playoffs. And it's still kind of there, right? If they win and the Washington Football Club loses, they go back into first place. Uh, don't look now. I think you can get the Eagles at plus 700 to win the division. So if you want to put a few shekels on that, honestly, that's probably where I put my money at this point because the Giants. Say it again. You say mortgage or shekels? I did not. I did not. Oh. No mortgage here. No mortgage here, my friend. I wouldn't do that. Sticks picks is the uh, the 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 mortgage better here, not me. Um, yeah, I would put my money on the Eagles at plus. I think it was five or seven, five to seven hundred somewhere around there to win the division. Because uh, the Washington Football Club most likely doesn't have a quarterback. Alex Smith, I assume, will be back at some point. I did read a report earlier today, and we talked about it, obviously. He hasn't been ruled out. Pretty confident he's not going to play, though. Obviously, Daniel Jones, sprained ankle and um, hamstring strain, not looking great. I know you guys think that they are better with Colt McCoy, but I can't agree with you. Um, Daniel Jones, by being able to move the pocket and actually run, like he is almost more reliant on his legs than Lamar Jackson is in certain situations. And that at least adds that extra element. What we saw was the giants turned the ball over twice. And immediately after first, I do want to say I did call the Marcus golden revenge game. And I texted, see, I did call the Marcus golden revenge game. So watch out. I did say it very tongue in cheek. And what was it? Second play of scrimmage. He comes out and has a fumble, a forced fumble on Daniel Jones. So if the giants turn the ball over, they lose. And it's like almost as clear as day. So when Daniel Jones turns the ball over, they lose. If he doesn't, they win. It's like the craziest thing in the world. Right. Um, so I do believe the giants are better with Daniel Jones, but my God, I don't know, man, this is such a weird game. I can't believe lines makers think that little of Daniel Jones or even an injured Daniel Jones that even if he goes out, um, that might also be an interesting way to look at it. I'm, I'm talking in circle here for a fellow, but, uh, but listen to me for a second. Maybe they already knew Daniel Jones was hurt. And the line only opened at four. Hmm. Now it seems a little fishy, huh? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm I, talking myself into some shit right now, but it seems a little fishy. I don't know. I think the Browns win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think there's any back doors here, John. Don't worry. But uh, I don't know. It's a little too close for me. A little too close for comfort. Here, here's the thing. If if Baker hasn't hadn't been so good the last few weeks, I mean, just against the Ravens, he passed for 343 yards and two touchdowns. If if you have the threat of Baker throwing it downfield and you have the threat of like, you know, you've got Hunt and Chubb, you've got play action, like as good as the Giants defense is, and it's pretty good, it's like good. you're not, I mean, you can't stop both of those things. So if Baker is 70% of the quarterback he was just a few days ago and you have that running game, I just don't know like how the Giants can match what the Browns are going to do offensively. Yeah, I don't. Colt McCoy is not going to be able to 
to match that, it's going to be kind of sad, actually. Um, all right, last game. We have the Steelers. We have the Bengals. Uh, Steelers, losers of two in a row. Could we say the worst 11-0 team ever? I wouldn't say it, but some people are saying it. We have the Steelers on the road, favored by 13 points, 12.5 in some places as well. So it started at 12, up to 12.5, 13, depending on where you're looking. 75% of the bets are coming in. So the tickets are coming in, three quarters on the Steelers. 90% of the money coming in on the Bengals, getting a little of that reverse line movement. You love to see it. You love to see it. Tipton, last game, we'll start with you. How do you feel about the Steelers? Minus 12, minus 12 and a half, minus 13 on the road against the Brandon Allen-led Bengals. I think a Steelers receiver just dropped a pass. Hold on. <laughs> Which one? Was it Deontay Johnson again? Probably. Yeah, let, me, let me gather my thoughts. Uh, speaking of get-right spots, right, this should be one for Pittsburgh. Um, but here we have another situation where this game is not buried into the massive 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock. So this is bailout city for every loser on the weekend is going to go looking to lay double digits with Pittsburgh in this get-right spot. And they may or may not know that Pittsburgh's 419 as a road favorite of eight or more since 1990. So that's not something I want to get behind in a faux get right spot on a Monday night game. Uh, so divisional this game. line, yeah, divisional, divisional game, uh, especially at this thing, it, I, don't know, I see 13 right now. If it sticks at 13, it doesn't ever make it over 14. Uh, that should be a, a, a nice indicator that, um, you know, smack your hand if you want to go and try to bail yourself out laying those double digits. I don't like the game, obviously. Uh, it's just not a good spot to – I don't know. I'm not going to put my money on the Bengals, I don't think. I'll try to do what I say. I, depends on what happens over the weekend. Good thing I'm not a professional, or that would be bad to say. Mm. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. This is not a good scenario. You can see, I can see how this one's, uh, this one is going to take shape here. I've seen this movie a thousand times. I'm going to watch the line here. If it stays under 14, uh, again, I, I may slide and, and put some beer money on the Bengals. Uh, if it goes over, maybe that changes my, my point of view on Pittsburgh. But I think we've all thought they've been a bit of a shell of themselves. Their schedule has been nothing uh, to write home about. Um, they're, they're getting um, injured more by the minute. Um, you know, I, I don't really have a play at the moment. I want to watch that line move, but I, I just put a big old buyer beware sign on this game. I like that. And and one thing we have the, um, I guess it's like the proverbial, uh, what is it? The immovable objects against the unstoppable force, the Bengals, you can run all over them and the Steelers can't figure out how to run the ball. So which one breaks, right? Do the Steelers figure it out or do the Bengals figure it out? And I'm really curious to see because I do have James Conner in a couple of season long teams and I'm not considering playing him, but I'm definitely considering playing him. I'm not going to do it. I'm considering playing them. Thankfully, it's the Monday night game, so I'm going to leave them out. But see ya. Steelers on the road, almost two touchdown favorites. I mean, how many points, honestly, honestly, how many points maximum do you think the Bengals can even score in a game? Just any game. This Bengals offense, how many points? No Joe Mixon, uh, no Joe Burrow. You have Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley. They kind of keep flip-flopping. You have Giovanni Bernard might even be out again. I honestly have no idea. Yeah, the receivers are great, but if no one's throwing to them, who the hell cares? Honest to God, how many points do you think this Bengals offense could score, just in general? Um, against this defense, who who are down a couple of guys, and knowing that they have a lot of good receivers, I mean, A.J. Green had a, had a nice game. We know T. Higgins is good, and Boyd is, is solid. 
I think they can score 17 points against the Steelers defense. I don't expect it. I expect more like 13, but they can score 17. So the Steelers would need to score 28. The Steelers would need to score 30 points to cover the spread. You kind of break it down like that. I don't think this Bengals offense can score points, and I feel like the Steelers could score four touchdowns against this it's defense, right? It's the ultimate get right spot. There's no question about that. For <laughs> Pittsburgh. I mean, everybody thinks they are completely fraudulent and Mike Tomlin's not going to have that. So if he can put his foot on the pedal, he's going to put his foot on the pedal if for nothing else to motivate his own team. So that's why this is more of a stay away. Like, honestly, like through, we mentioned six picks, Nick Brett wish, like maybe we'll find some, some props, you know, the, the wind daily team to bet. Like maybe I'll tell you what I had James Washington first touchdown last, last Pittsburgh game. I had the Steelers too, but I had 20 bucks on James Washington at 28 to one because I just, I just thought there was value there and it was an awesome hit. I was super happy about it. So I'll probably be looking at those types of angles, but if I had to bet this, I'm taking the Bengals. Damn. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. I don't want to touch it. It's Monday night, so I might, but yeah, I'm way more interested in those props and seeing what we can do there. Uh, Cause sticks has been absolutely incredible this year with the props just went on his bachelor party. It was a lot of fun. I wasn't there, but I could tell he had a lot of fun. So we appreciate him there. But Tipton, this was a lot of fun too. We appreciate you coming back, hanging out with us for round two. I mean, obviously we have a couple more weeks through the year. We then are going to have a lot of uh, playoff weeks. So that's going to be fun. I can't see a reason why we're not going to continue to do this show all the way up until the end of January and at least have something fun. Um, final. I don't get that. I don't know. You'll have to explain it. Can you explain that to me? See, I'm sorry. It's a fantasy football league joke. Uh, uh, this league that I'm in with Tipton, we actually go to Vegas to do our draft. There's uh-huh. that Thursday night game, that signature Thursday night game to kick off the season. We do our draft Wednesday night in whatever hotel we pick in Vegas. This year, we didn't do it because of COVID, but Tipton has actually never made that trip. He has certain <laughs> obligations at home, but we, I think, are going to twist his arm and make sure he gets there uh, in 2021. So that's where uh, that line, minus 170, Tipton not showing up to Vegas <laughs> next year. No by the way, oh. uh, and that's hilarious, by the way, um, by the way, so so Tipton is sort of infamous for his college bowl season picks, and I know he mm. might be contributing a little bit to Win Daily. We've talked about that this week um, on on sort of like the the betting side of things from a just an actual like writing content standpoint. But for bowl season, if we could do a show with Tipton coming in, talking to I know some some games are getting canceled, of course, but maybe when that roster or that schedule comes out. Um, Tipton, if you if you could come back on with us and just maybe talk through some of the games that you're keeping an eye on and, and that no, kind of thing. No, I want every single game, Tipton. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you for every single game. How does that sound? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, yeah, we I'm, could probably actually get like a Windaily Sports pick them too, right? We could probably just set that up somewhere. I can't see why yeah. not. Tipton, what was your bowl record that, that one year um, where you just kind of blew it out of the park? Uh, I'll see if I remember 30 and 7. <laughs> let me uh oh yeah i remember what it is pretty quickly i love it i love it i love it something and uh um i will say tipton i do have a parlay for all of the championship games i know this is not how you're supposed to bet but uh, it's just too much fun um fun. i have ohio state covering cincinnati money line bama covering um who else? Clemson money line, and then who's the fourth? And then Oklahoma money line, and I think that ends up. It's some pretty sweet numbers. Put like five <laughs> bucks on that bad boy, and you're getting like I think like seventy or eighty back. So lock. Very excited. Yes, absolute lock of the century. I really hope the one thing that ruins it is Ohio State just loses outright to uh, 
the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten West, uh, Northwestern. What do you got? Well, before we let Tipton go, and and I know he he already told us this. He he sort of dives in the the, the whole week, and he makes his picks depending on line movement sometimes too. And you know, so this is super early. But Tipton, is there a game just just right off the bat? Maybe you haven't even looked at the lines yet in in college for this weekend. But is there a game right off the bat that you saw and you were like, oh, I think I might uh, keep my eye on this particular team. Uh, the only one I'm, I'm really sort of gravitating towards right now is, is Clemson um, just exacting some revenge from that midseason loss. Um, I, I've seen Notre Dame look real good and then go and play a powerhouse in a bowl game and just get absolutely thrashed. So, uh, you know, championship game, bowl game, let's see the same here. I think that opened 10 and a half. I think that's what I heard today. I haven't looked really, really yet. but I, I saw it at um, seven, seven and a half, I think somewhere seven, around there. That's where I saw it like last week or something. So could be wrong. Yeah. Clemson in general, to answer your question, Clemson's already got uh, my guts already leaning that way. So if uh, everything else falls into place, I'm, I'm not going to feel bad about um, putting a little, putting a nice few units on Clemson to exact some revenge there. I love it. That is awesome. So um, John, John Norrell. Yes. Get that money back. Get that money back. Put your money on Clemson. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Put your mortgage on Clemson this year, uh, this week. Uh, also, just wanted to bring this up. Casey, thank you for this. Baker threw the longest pass in NFL history on the throw. I actually, while we were talking, I looked it up, and it's true. Baker Mayfield legitimately threw the longest pass in NFL history on that Hail Mary. I thought it went far, but like... I, I'm looking at SB Nation right now. Absolutely insane. Total flight, 70.5 yards. Um, the only thing that was different... Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw a 78 yard Hail Mary at his pro day, uh, prior to the NFL draft. And that's, yeah, it doesn't count. Um, but that's insane. Shout out. Nothing at pro days count by the way, including 40 times because they're always embellished by whoever's Mm -hmm. doing the time versus like the combine, for example. I mean, home home field advantage. Come on. Give it to me. Exactly. Uh, the line is 10 and a half that, that Notre Dame, um, was, uh, line. Oh wait, no, I, I think I got it at seven. Um, so I, I took the money line at seven, so it actually wasn't too, too bad. So I'll take it. All right. Even better, even better opening at seven, crossing over 10, throwing the hook out there. And from what I can tell, it's not a, uh, Notre Dame's going to attract some action. So I don't think we're, we're going to be in a situation where Clemson is so one-sided and, um, so, uh, I'll probably buy off that hook if it stays there, take it at an even 10 and feel, feel pretty comfortable with it. Love Sleep it. like a baby after I put it in actually. <laughs> yeah, of course. Cause that's how those work. Don't they see it with his teasers every week. Um, all right. Hour 40 show guys. I mean, we have the full slate of football, so that's why we do this a little bit longer. Obviously we have our friend. See, will tease it. Thank you, John. Yes. Uh, we have our friend. Eric Tipton here. Tipton, where can everybody find you online in case they want to follow you or, or interact with you a little bit more? Yeah, my, my plays are on Twitter. Um, still uh, Charlotte Sports, uh, my, my handicap and moniker, but I'd eat tip one one. Um, don't get my patented uh, analysis. I uh, used to love to throw a diatribe out there or two behind my picks, but uh, obviously that's limited by by character. So it's it's just the picks for the most most part, but that's where they're at if you want to if you want to view them. Love it, love it, love it. See, where can everybody find you on the internet? So at Najad on Twitter, at Najad Sports on Instagram. And by the way, tomorrow at 5 o'clock on uh, CBS Fantasy Football Today, I'll be on with uh, Adam Azer uh, answering some start-sit questions. So they have their own uh, little Twitter page. So if you if you go there, you can you can catch it. It'll be on Twitch, I think. I love it. Man, you're going to – you're just going to shine. 
which is going to be so much more attractive. I don't even know what those guys look like, but you are really upping the attractiveness on that show. So we appreciate you. Thank you, Sia, for doing what you do. You can find me at Michael Brazil one. You can find us at wind daily sports. If you want to come hang out in our instant messenger chat, where we talk about sports and help you win money, windailysports.com backslash chat. It's a little, little app called discord. I promise you olds out there. It's not that hard. We can all figure it out. Sia did Sicily kid did that dude's like a hundred. <laughs> he figured it out. So I don't feel that bad about it. Uh, so make sure windailysports.com backslash chat. Thank you again to Manscaped. As you can see, manscaped.com. Use promo code WINDAILY. You get 20% off and free shipping. Shave your balls, everybody. It's the holiday season. What more could you ask for? For Tipton, for Sia, for myself, for the Windaily Sports family, and for everybody in the chat. We always appreciate each and every one of you. We hope you make it a very profitable week 15 of the NFL. Sports. 